0: We all have questions, and the more questions we ask, the more questions we have. But we don't all have the answers, and that's okay. Sometimes we present our questions to people in our circles, to previous leaders in our lives and people we've looked up to. They don't agree with us, and that's okay. Sometimes we find ourselves questioning things we used to believe, and we don't necessarily find God's love in those things anymore, and that's completely okay. Doubt is not a sin. Give yourself the freedom to ask these questions, and that's where life is. This week, Elaine and I are talking about just that, what it means to ask questions, what it's like receiving backlash, and how to love people wherever they're at and respect their faith journeys. We are for the spiritual
1: nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to
0: ask the hard questions hard A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes,
1: and our dreams.
0: We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about downsides.
1: We invite you to come and sit at our and be a part of our tribe.
0: We are brave. we are bold. We are The Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody.
1: And my name is Elaine.
0: And this is episode 78. And today, Elaine and I are really just going to have a heart-to-heart about uh, dealing with people whenever you are changing your mindset, uh, dealing with people whenever you're questioning beliefs, Mm -hmm. and how to just mutually respect people that um, maybe you were previously in like circle with. Maybe they were like kind of from church past or uh, whatever it is, they just, they have more of a traditional view and you're starting to change some of these beliefs. You have a little bit of... Uh, untraditional belief system and just how to interact with those people, how to show those people love, and how to just be okay with questions. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're going to be getting into. This is going to be more uh, just Elaine and I sharing um, our heart on some things because we're about to get into some really heavy stuff. So before we want to do that, I think this is a good episode to really just kind of set the atmosphere for Mm -hmm. what's coming down the pipeline. And uh, before we get into all of that, just a real quick thing. You guys hear this almost every single episode. I'm going to say it again. Nomads is a group that is a safe place, a safe community for all of us to come with our unsafe questions. And we invite you in to, te- to come to be a part and to uh, come with all of your questions, all of your thoughts. We want to hear them. There's no wrong answer, mm-hmm. right? It's just it's a place to just to come and rest
1: without judgment without ostracization that's a big word Mm -hmm. but yeah just without the hate just just come freely unload your baggage and just kind of you know just let go of some of those things that's kind of been holding you down
0: and so the reason we say this every time guys is there's some really awesome conversation going on in there and we know that you have a voice and that Uh, Your voice is just as important as anyone in that group, just as important as ours, any pastor, any leader. Your voice matters, and we want to make sure you have a place to express it. So we invite you to come and be a part. Uh, Also, a quick plug for my new show, Itinerant. Uh, I just dropped a new episode about Solomon and his ties into demonology. So it was a fun episode to talk about. So it is out. You can head over to itinerantpodcast.com or grab that link in the show notes to get that. It came out Thursday, so it's only been out for a few days. But with that being said, we're going to get into just sharing our heart on uh, just relationships and dealing with other people whenever you're changing your beliefs. So let's get right to that. It can be really hard whenever you start to question doctrine. It can be really hard whenever you find yourself realizing that maybe I don't believe in hell. Maybe I don't believe in penal substitutionary atonement. Maybe I don't believe in uh, just a lot of these little concepts that we have in church. And those are, of course, a couple of the bigger ones, but there's a lot of things like maybe I don't necessarily believe that we were all born sinners maybe I don't believe this, maybe I don't believe that. Whatever it is you're deconstructing, we all have uh, different things that we question at different times, right? And that's the beauty of God is he's big enough to encompass all of that. But it can be really difficult, Mm. because whenever you start to question things, uh, my first reaction, I'm just going to kind of speak personally, my first reaction was, oh wow, I wonder what the Bible says about this, or I wonder what God thinks about that. And so you take those things, and a lot of times we wanna take them to a spiritual authority of some kind, maybe a pastor, maybe a teacher, maybe a mentor. And the reactions many, and I'm not saying everyone, but many of us get are very scripted. Mm -hmm. They're very like, well, the Bible says this and this and this. And there's just not a lot of life in that. And, And I'm not saying everyone does that, but a lot of times it's just like, hey, here's this cookie cutter answer that we have generated way down the pipeline mm-hmm. somewhere and it's just very like well roman says this and ephesians says that and first Corinthians states and then we're given these little bullet point faith blips i guess and it really kind of almost well at first i think a lot of us are like oh okay that's what the bible says and then we go back and read it and once you're in that mindset of starting to question mm-hmm. things you go back and read and you're like well i don't know if that's really the way i see that you know like I don't know if that's just for some reason, when I read that, it's not what I'm getting from that. And so you may want to go back. You may try to go back and say, well, what about this view? And a lot of times that's when things can start to get a bit more ugly. Uh, you hear these things or maybe you take it to Facebook, right? Cause that's a big one, like take it to Facebook, take it to, to Twitter, take it to Instagram, whatever. Uh, and you, you start saying these things and you start receiving a lot of backlash, especially online. And I'm going to say this, especially online because you can make a statement online and mean one thing and Fifteen different people will mm-hmm. take it fifteen different directions. Yeah. Everyone's going to have a new interpretation of what you have to say. And it's easy to throw scripture. It's easy to throw doctrine and stuff around in these moments. And and that's what happens a lot of time. You get handed these or almost like spoon fed these uh mm-hmm. these basic statements and it kind of reminds me of the whole like uh like baby Christian milk it's not my favorite analogy in the Bible, to be really honest. It's not one I really relate to well, but it's kind of the whole thing of like we're spoon-fed for so long. yeah. And I feel like that was an issue early in the church and that's why the church expanded. And then that's kind of becoming an issue again because we've gotten comfortable in our doctrine to the point of spoon-feeding people this doctrine and not giving them the room or I guess culture. I wouldn't say giving them the room. Everyone has the room. We have the freedom to have that room. If you are in, I mean, if you're in a modern country that has freedom and has access to the Bible, which I understand a lot of people don't still. But if you have that access, you have that ability. Most of us listening, if you have the freedom to listen to this podcast, like, let's be honest, you have the freedom to Mm -hmm. listen uh, and to find out for yourself, God, to read the Bible, to understand all these things. But we don't really cultivate that. We don't cultivate asking questions. We don't cultivate seeking out God. And trying to gain this uh, this understanding, it's, you should read the Bible, but here's the lenses in which you should look at it through. And so, a lot of times when we start questioning these things, and Elaine, feel free to interrupt whenever, but uh, a lot of times when we start questioning these things, we start realizing that people have certain beliefs, and these beliefs have been taught traditionally, But just because they've been taught traditionally doesn't mean that's the overall encompassing teaching, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that's the only teaching. And I think that we start to shut down Mm. in those moments. It becomes really hard because let's be really honest. When you start questioning your doctrine, when you start questioning your beliefs, you don't have answers anymore. We're so often given opportunities, or maybe that's not the right word. We're given bullet points to defend our faith in church. We are taught ways to defend certain doctrines. Yeah.
1: That's something like that has always been of like, well, if, if you're going to talk to an atheist or non-believer, or agnostic or whatever, somebody of another faith is like, well, you need to study apologetics, understand why you believe what you believe so you can tell people, well, Jesus is good because of this and then point them to scripture. And like you said, that's been passed down. And the truth is most of these pastors and people in leadership are not trained to Actually, counsel people and actually understand what people are asking. And pe- a lot of people go to Bible college and they read about the different, uh, I guess, denominations and the different teachings of different uh, religions and stuff like that, and, and mm-hmm. studying and scholars, that, and yeah. scholars, and all of that stuff. But when you come, when it comes down to it, people aren't trained to actually have those heart-to-heart conversations with people because they're told from their professors and religious leaders of like, okay, well, if somebody asks you this question, this is where you point them. This is what the scripture says. This is what it means. Mm -hmm. But when you are actually faced with these conversations, you are actually um, taught how to handle people's heart with it, to actually be with that person and understand where they're coming from. Yeah, like you have scripture to throw at them, but do you even know what that scripture means? Do you even know the context of what Jesus or whoever it was in the Bible was talking about? Is this really what God said or is this just an opinion from one of the authors of the Bible? Like there's a huge difference in that and that um, you can't just throw scripture at somebody because odds are they already know the scripture. They And that's what the problem is they don't know what that scripture means or they know what they've been taught about what it means, but mm-hmm. that doesn't resonate with them and who God is to them.
0: Right, and so a lot of times we we start questioning, but when you start questioning, you don't have answers anymore because that's why you're asking questions, right? And then people start almost belittling you mm-hmm. or uh, not even intentional. I'm not trying to say that it's like an intentional thing, but people get defensive about their faith mm-hmm. because uh, faith is such an intimate thing, it's taken personally. When you start saying, I don't know if hell is real, or I don't know if I believe that uh, Genesis is an accurate account. I kind of believe in a long, uh, I, I kind of believe in evolution, or I kind of believe in a um, long creation instead of short short world creation and or short earth. And people start getting really defensive because, that's tied directly to their faith
1: mm-hmm. right? and not just with faith there's gonna be politics and beliefs and Which all get other things up in it. science just everything but one of the issues is of of people not just Christians but of people is when somebody starts questioning your belief not directly to you but just questioning a belief that you hold dearly you view it as a personal attack and you if somebody says hey I don't know what I believe about hell or hey like maybe God's character is actually this way or mm-hmm. A certain teaching just is actually bad theology and bad teachings and stuff. And those people who have been holding those scriptures, holding their theologies that they've been taught by other people, passed down, they feel like that's in a personal attack on them and on Absolutely. their character and on their personality. And so that's whenever you have people on Facebook blasting people out, trolling people, memeing people, and, and, um, belittling people and judging people and hating people because they feel attacked because they feel their personal beliefs are attacked but what if those people because you pose that question they feel attacked because that's the thing that they're questioning too
0: yeah and we all have questions um if you're in nomads this is it it resurfaced lately and it's one of the funniest memes ever but uh, so if you're in nomads, you get a, you already know, cause you can start laughing because, uh, you already know what this is, but it's like this picture of this guy and he's like dressed formally in the front. And then like, there's a mirror behind him and he's like dressed in like lingerie from behind. And it's mm-hmm. like my faith at church versus my faith, uh, my or my beliefs, spiritual beliefs. Yeah. yeah. And it's I related that was I shit over a year yes. ago in nomads and uh it, it found it's
1: actually it to the top.
0: Yeah, it's found its way back up to the top, which is hilarious uh, because I absolutely love it. And we all have that. We all have mm-hmm. things that we don't know if we believe. We all struggle with doubt. Let me just go ahead and clear the air. Your doubting is not a sin. you You're not sinning against God. We did a whole episode on sin, episode 75,
1: 76 maybe. In the 70s, yeah. I think it was, it was 70, I think it was 76, it was honestly. Anyway,
0: uh, go back. I mean, you can go back and find it on TheRecklessPursuit.com. It's really not very far back. It was just a few episodes ago. And uh, we did this episode on sin, and we were talking about how sin is not what people think it is. Sin is more of a it's, – it's a nature, right? It's not, oh, I went and did this thing. I sinned. We put actions. We make them into verbs, right? I sinned. I committed this sin. In reality, sin is a mentality. It is a mentality, and you can sin. You can be. You can sin. Can be a verb. Like there are things. It's kind of we could. It's almost interchangeable with like I did a bad thing, right? Or I did something that is not beneficial. Uh, you know, it's it's permitted, but it's not beneficial. Mm-hmm. And so, like that's basically what, in essence, we we kind of refer to when we say sin. But sin is a mentality. It yeah. is a mindset we take on to live in this fallen state instead of living in a mental state of victory to live in a mental state of overcoming to me focusing so much on i'm a filthy rag and everything is sin but doubt is not Mm-mm. if you go and look at the story you know we all call him doubting thomas because he's like i don't know if i truly believe you raised from the dead what did jesus say did he was he like thomas you terrible person for doubting he was like thomas here's here's my nail holes like please put your hand into the wounds of mm-hmm. my flesh like, here is your proof. Uh, what is the, the verse in Jude? It's be patient with those who doubt. Mm-hmm. Doubt is not a sin. Doubt is a gift. Mm-hmm. Doubt is a, is a mental gift. It is a, it is a, it's really like a firewall. Like, kind of put it into like computer terms here. Doubt is God's pre-installed firewall to help us filter through nonsense.
1: And God welcomes your doubts and your fears and your struggles because that means you're questioning. That means you're thinking and believing and feeling for yourself, not just taking what other people told you. Therefore, understanding who God is to you and that personal relationship that you have with God. God welcomes your questions. There's no question too big or too small that God can't handle. There are questions that people can't handle and that Mm -hmm. people feel uncomfortable with, but that doesn't mean God can't handle those questions.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I really like that, babe. Thanks. So, to me, whenever we start doubting, it seems like we start receiving backlash. And like, like, kind of going back to what Elaine was saying, is like that is that's that's because people think it's a personal attack on them. But how do you handle people whenever you start having these doubts? What is what does that look like? Because a lot of times our relationships with people change. We find ourselves growing closer to certain groups of people and further from others. We find ourselves. it's hard because people we've always looked up to and people that we've always been close with, uh, we start to feel ostracized. You start to Mm -hmm. feel isolated and alone. And it's even worse because you have all these questions. And so there's like, you're losing that foundation. That foundation, whether it built, you know, the whole build your house on the sand, build your house on the rock analogy, whatever you're built on, you had some kind of foundation. Mm -hmm. You realize that you're more built on a sand-based foundation. So you're trying to get to higher ground. You're trying to get to safer ground. But the more you do that, it's you're having to leave this village, mind you. All of them may be built on sandy doctrine. I'm not calling out any doctrine or group in particular, but it's like, hey, I don't uh, vibe with this. This isn't who God is to me, and I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, God can be a tree to you or God. I'm, I'm. What I'm saying by that is who God is to use. And like, it's not setting right. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. And you're like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel like God. This doesn't bring me life. This doesn't bring me and show me the love of Christ or show me the heart of the savior. And God and Jesus are the same person, Mm -hmm. right? If God and Jesus are the same person, and this kind of goes to the whole thing of like, you know, was Jesus a punching bag on the cross? You know, was Jesus a, uh, like when when I say that, like I literally think about like Jesus hanging up on like the little metal mm-hmm. rack, and God is like, "This is for Cain killing his brother. This is for Adam and Eve eating the fruit, like just beating him up, right?" Uh, so God can vent his frustration. Well, no, that's like God's literally dying to himself. Mm-hmm. God is literally dying to himself to say, "Hey, like I come humbly to my people to show you. I'm showing you the way of the Father, just as Jesus washed the disciples' feet as he." died. God died to show man the humility and how to love, Mm -hmm. right? Rabbit trailing there, but we feel so isolated. We feel as if uh, all these people are coming against us, even though these things just don't sit well with us, and it can feel lonely.
1: So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So you've been more bold, brave, and reckless in what you've been posting on Facebook and not necessarily sharing your exact views but kind of posing questions and getting people to think about what they believe in. How have you handled that rejection? Because you've had rejection. You've yeah. had people try to isolate A you and lately. throw it's, scripture at you. How do you handle that? It's
0: weird. I've been pretty vocal about questioning things since 20, beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. I understand I've been more vocal about it in 2019, yeah. even in the last few months. But this podcast isn't new. Mm-hmm. Like it's really like literally this.
1: this is episode seventy eight like- yeah,
0: like if you go back to the beginning, you can pretty much document our deconstruction of what we've believed and our changing views and us questioning things. Like that's been our premise since the beginning. Yeah, it may not sounded exactly the same. and I don't know, may have i don't I don't go back and listen to our old episodes very frequently, but uh, it, it's that's always been our premise is questioning why we do what we do, why we believe what we believe, how we can be better as humans. That's Mm -hmm. been, that was the founding thing. You know, our slogan used to be modern Christians asking questions and chasing truth. It's a little verby or like it's a little strange in the verbiage on it. And it's a little spiritually, more spiritual than we are now, you know. But I mean, we saw ourselves uh, as like more modern Christian, new age Christian. Well,
1: I would say it's more religious back then. It's more spiritual now, I feel like. I
0: agree. It was more religious back then because that's what we were coming out Rooted of. Rooted I mean,
1: out of specific church and ideas from the different experiences that we had. And sure. now it's more spiritual of our spirituality with God.
0: And so if you're new to this podcast and like you're just now coming out of that, hey, you can go back to the beginning and you can document our journey. So you're not alone. We don't we don't take things down because yeah. we want to show you exactly where we came from. So like modern Christians, we saw ourselves as like this new form of Christian. We know what to call it. Uh, we knew we were Christian, but we didn't really share some of these traditional views. So it was like this, and we're chasing, we're asking questions, and we're trying to chase whatever truth is. Now, mm-hmm. I understand to me personally, truth is a bit more subjective yeah. than it used to be. Like truth is a little less absolute, uh, which that phrase in and of itself will garner untold fathoms well, of backlash because th- they don't take time to like truly understand. And we what you realize
1: mean that. that- most of these things aren't black and white issues. No, There's a lot not. of gray area on both both sides of the fence. But yeah, so how do you deal with that rejection? So
0: how I would have dealt with it, I'm just going to tell you the stages of Cody's rejection, right? How I would have dealt with that, and um, I have a bit of, I don't know if it's people-pleasing. I really, I'm, it's not people-pleasing but it can be perceived, as that I value people thinking that I'm right. Mm-hmm. I am a knowledge-based person, and I don't ever like to feel stupid. Yeah, I don't ever like to feel uneducated. There are many things I don't have the answers on. I don't have the answers on so many things, and I'm coming to – I feel like maybe that spiritual growth in me is understanding that's okay. Mm-hmm. But my comfort and the way I have always dodged the bullet or dodged um, – hurt or dodged pain was to educate myself you know my anxiety about health that i've struggled with is well i need to learn more about symptoms and all this kind of stuff which just leads you deeper down the rabbit hole right like that's my defense mechanism is to learn about stuff Uh, it's also my growth mechanism i love learning because it's enjoyable to me so i learn out of uh, wanting to grow but i also learn in self-defense And so before the first time, like whenever I first sort of start receiving any kind of little criticisms, which happened a lot, mind Mm -hmm. you, happened when I was in church. Yep. Uh, But my first reaction was to kind of like tilt my perspective to try to appease that person. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I kind of view it this way, but what I really mean is this. And like I would dance around and tiptoe around the issue to try to (sighs) express my feelings and my uniqueness or my my opinion or my change, but I was also looking for justification from that person to kind of say, oh yeah, I understand your point of view. Don't get me wrong. I still struggle with this. I still have to be careful and not feel like I have to dance around my own emotions and not dance around what I truly believe uh, in effort of like trying to um, appease someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of backlash I've received from people who were teachers to me, who were spiritual authority at one time in my life, right? Right. And to come to a place where I'm like, I don't know if I really agree with this and them to tell me all these reasons why I'm wrong. And mind you not, a lot of them have, and a lot of them just ask like, well, what makes you believe that way and stuff? And I respect that and I respect all of them. And that's mm-hmm. something I want to get to in a minute here. But I've the second part of me was I kind of just shut down and I just kind of got to where I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. It's like, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't feel like uh, trying to explain my case. I don't feel like trying to receive any kind, I don't want to receive backlash because I'm already questioning things and I'm enjoying my questions, mind Mm -hmm. you. But, and I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but to me personally, I really feel like I'm about to speak life into someone out there. I don't know why. I I feel like this is going to speak life into someone. A lot of times I avoided saying anything controversial because someone questioning my motives would cause me to question my questioning. Mm-hmm. And it would end up like almost pushing me back into the very thing that was damning to me in the first place. It would push me back away from my questions. It would, all, it would almost be like, no, you have to follow this religious construct, Cody. And I would start like putting back up the walls that I was tearing down. I would start putting, like I could find myself like starting to mix the mortar to lay the bricks back to where I was going again, right? To put the wall back up. And it's like, no. So I backed off, I completely backed off. And that's something else I still struggle with. I'm not saying that I'm over this but like when someone's like, Cody, you're completely wrong. You're out of line. The Bible says this. And I'm like, oh crap, they're right. Maybe the Bible does say that. But then I go and read it. I'm like, I don't, I'm still not getting that. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to where I'm at now. It's like, I kind of got okay with not having all the answers. And when I say, okay, I don't mean I'm confident in not Mm -hmm. having all the answers. I am a type five. I thrive in information. I'm never confident about not having the answer. (laughs) That is like, If I'm just being dead straight with you here, if I tell you I don't know, that is the most vulnerable I can be with you because my entire life, my entire life, I have, using air quotes here, I have known, Mm -hmm. I have known uh, what I believe. I have been the person that people 30, 40 years older than me comes to, like. And they still do. Yeah, yeah, for different reasons now. Yeah but different beliefs and everything, but like I've always been the one people came to because I've always been confident and I've always been eloquent in how I can relate. You know, I've always told people, and I'll be vulnerable here, and some people probably think that I am this now, but uh, I've always felt that if I wasn't a faith leader, I would make a great cult leader Mm -hmm. because I can convince people. I'm very convincing, and I'm very uh thorough and eloquent with my wording and I'm and like I'm not I'm not bragging on myself at all. Like I stumble over my words just like everyone else. I have to edit out my message just like everyone else. But I do a good job of painting pictures. I love using analogies and relatable experiences. Like that's my heart is to like make God relatable Mm -hmm. and to try to express like God is like a door. God is like a river. Spirituality is like the ocean. Like I love that kind of stuff. Like that's how I communicate that being said, like to say, I don't know is one of the absolute hardest things for me to say, one of the absolute hardest things for me to say. And I had to come to the realization that like, sometimes I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to get those traditional answers and I'm not going to agree with those traditional answers and that's okay. Mm. And then I'm going to get a piece of something else and a piece of something else. And I'm going to start to try to try to construct for myself what I understand, but something uh, that a friend of ours told us and that I'm trying to really trying to really, like, settle in my soul, and it's Austin from New Age Christianity. If you spend a hundred verses trying to construct for yourself a theology and one verse undoes all that, it's wrong. You have to rethink it. You have to rethink your theology. If there's a hundred verses that says, hell is a lake of fire, and one verse that says, but it isn't exactly a lake of fire, then you have to reconstruct, like, you have Mm -hmm. to review that. You know, if every verse says we were all sinners destined for hell, and then Jesus comes along and says, hey, actually, you're not. Time to rethink that philosophy. And that's been one of those things that I've realized, like, it's okay for me not to know because, uh, like, I shared something the other day on Facebook, and it was simply this. It's okay not to have all the answers because when we get to heaven, we're all going to be wrong anyways.
1: Mm -hmm. I have a friend who I was talking with her on uh, Instagram a couple months ago, and we were talking about deconstruction and asking questions and having different ideas and thoughts about God and religion and all that stuff. And, and we kind of were talking about um, things that happened in the past that were so like solidifying for our faith. And then now we're questioning and we're like, maybe I don't really agree with that anymore. And something that she said that was so profound is that it's okay if the things that worked for you in the past no longer work for you now. Like, that's a part of growth. And that's where, you know, people came to you a couple years ago when you were in church. And when you were pastor. Yeah, you were pastor in church, people came to you about different things, different ages, different topics, whatever. And the scriptures or the answers that you had back then, that was what your truth was. Mm -hmm. And some of those things, yeah, they still are truth for you now. But some of those things that worked for you in the past that are no longer working for you now, that's okay. You're growing. Yeah, and God, God is in that. God, God's in your growth. God's in your maturity and challenges, and He's walking with you every step of the way. And some of those things that you're questioning now are things that He's showing you who He is, and um, He's showing you who his character is. And just because it worked for you in the past and it's not working for you now doesn't mean that you are wrong or that doesn't mean that you're a sinner or that doesn't mean you've backslidden or that you're heretical or all of that stuff. It just means you're growing.
0: Well, and see, that kind of ties into like where I'm at more now is like, so the next thing I went through was, you know what, like there's this video and it's like the lone idiot or the lone fool or whatever. And it's like this guy at this festival and he's dancing by himself and he's dancing like ridiculously but then someone else comes along and then someone else comes along it's like that that first person dancing alone it takes someone to do like to make Domino a movement effect, yeah. yeah and I realized like you're going to make people upset you're going and, and don't get me wrong don't intentionally try no. to upset people but anytime you throw a rock in the pond it's gonna disturb the water anytime you uh, you start questioning things, you're going to start, you know, adding some, if you start moving the air around, it's going to agitate the water, the surface of the water, right? And so the problem is the church needs some agitation because without agitation, water stagnates. I'm really on this water analogy right now. (laughs) But if water sits still for too long, it stagnates. So it needs air. Every person that, every theologian that's ever done anything in life was at once, one time called a heretic. The big famous C.S. Lewis, the one that all all of us seem to gravitate toward the like the church's quote and everything like his views were out there in some ways you know he was a heretic to many many people at the time and even probably still in some ways like if you really dove into some of his teachings and stuff like there are people like richard Rohr, like all these people who were like heretical in a sense but also like brought life and Mm -hmm. they, they stirred the water they agitated the water jesus was a heretic yeah you know jesus was heretical he was Jesus was a biblical scholar. He was a Pharisee, but he was a heretic. He was outcast from getting the label of Pharisee because or Sadducee or whichever one I'm not I don't I'm not claiming to know which one's which here, but what I'm saying is Jesus was a biblical scholar just as the Pharisees and Sadducees were, yet he was a heretic. Mm-hmm. And so I realized like I've got to be okay with stirring the water, but and here's the big but here, and once you get to this place, where I'm, this is where I'm currently at. Literally like the last week, this has been, or two weeks or so, my mental shift has been, I'm okay to stir the water, but I'm going to stir it out of love. Yeah. So if there, and this is going back to what you just said about your conversation with your friend, Elaine, if someone is in the most traditional, conservative, evangelical, tight, uh, literal word for word interpretation of the Bible, which isn't a thing, but whatever, uh, like, they have their King James Version. I'm just trying to like paint a picture of like the most old fashioned Southern, Southern Bible rooted belt. Bible yeah. bashing person ever. If that's what gives them life, personally, now don't get me wrong, that's not justifying their judgment toward other people or anything like that because that's a whole other topic yeah. that's not acceptable. Like people use the Bible to bash people and all that, and that's not acceptable. But if that is what gives them life, I'm not going to try to convince them differently. If hell is. If they need a depiction of hell, a lake of fire and God dying on the cross to save them from that, to understand the beauty of God's love for them. And if that's their revelation of God's love, who am I to tell them that's not how God loves them? Who am I to tell them that that's not how God appreciates them? It's not a life or death. It's not an eternal life versus, uh, not eternal life thing for that person. Like whether I believe that whenever you die, if you're not saved, uh, by the grace of God or by his action. Like if you're not saved, that you're just going to cease to exist or you go to purgatory, or if I believe that everyone is saved and they just don't know it or whatever, I believe, or you believe or whatever, none of that, as long as you are experiencing the love of Christ, who am I to tell you differently? So if I say something like, hey, I believe this way and someone else says, Cody, you need to read your Bible more. You need to look at this scripture. Before my response would have been, cause I'm also a troll. Would have been, been, you know, I would just led them on and I would have probably been rude about it, or uh, maybe I would have tried to combat them or something. Now it's like, yeah, I'll share my heart. I'll share a scripture or two about why I believe what I believe. But if someone is insistent on not accepting my beliefs, which aren't like my beliefs aren't so extreme that I'm just going to like, maybe to them I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a complete heretic in some people's eyes and I'm just going to burn in like a fire and. They're scared to death for my soul, which is a lot of people react that way too. Mm-hmm. Is they're scared for people, which in turn is actually they're scared because they're they're being questioned. And they're as operating well. out of fear. Right. But you look at like a couple of these big deconstruction stories that are happening in like modern church authors and writers and music and all this without name dropping, you know. And then you have other people like backlashing. Like someone says, like, hey, I'm questioning my faith and like The Christian post is like, major Christian worship writer, stands walks away from God, is completely okay with his decision. He's a heretic. He is backslidden. And I'm like, you're the reason he's freaking backslidden. You're the cause.
1: And something that I saw on Facebook from our guest a couple weeks ago, Matthew Challoner, Mm -hmm. um, had basically written this beautiful post, which all of his posts are beautiful. That was last week last week yeah Yeah, okay 77 like yeah please check that out please check out his facebook all the goodness that he has to say but he was talking about that specific thing and he was saying like maybe they're not wrong for walking away from these things if people are operating out of fear and out of hate and out of judgment and he's questioning these things and he's trying to figure out who god is and like doesn't believe in all the stuff that he was taught because it was taught out of the wrong theology it's not a bad thing. He's walking from that. That's good that he's walking away from that. That's good that he's questioning that. Like maybe it's not they're the problem. Maybe we're the problem. Yeah. Maybe we're not helping them find a solution. And whenever uh, somebody makes bold claims or questions things and, and isn't really sure with what they believe and stuff, the church's job isn't to judge them and say, oh, they're walking away or they're burning in, in hell and that they're these bad people and oh my gosh, I can't believe we had them in leadership. That's not how you operate in love. That is not how you quote, win them back to church. That is not, you can't just judge them and hate them and, and gossip about them and What's slander their, their name. Like that is, that is sin. sinful. And churches are and not all the churches, I'm just like there are churches who are like, oh like he we we knew it. We we always knew there was something different about him. And and he he or she um, had caused destruction in our church and all this stuff. But that's not how, if if you are so worried about their soul and if you are so worried about their faith, you would not be acting like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times uh, churches view people who question as wolves in sheep's clothing. But in reality, they're sheep in wolves' clothing. Yeah. They, they look like wolves because they've been attacked so much they have to have some kind of defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can call it those who stray, those who wander, but whenever you're kind of pushed out, when you're the black sheep, uh, the truth is Jesus is there for the one. Yeah. You know, the, whole, the song Reckless Love, the whole verse of leaving the 99.
1: And um, David Hayward, the naked pastor, yeah. actually has several... Uh, Comic strips about that very thing of Jesus being with those sheep who have quote walked away from the church, and then all the other sheep are kind of judging him, and he's over there eating a sandwich with them, like just chilling.
0: But so many times, like it's the sheep, it's the sheep in wolf's clothing, because Mm -hmm. that's they almost have to take on, and I feel like it's our reaction to take on an aggressive stance whenever you're constantly attacked. Mm -hmm. You know, one of David's comments is like all the sheep are throwing rocks at the sheep who got out, and Jesus is like, what are you doing? Like he's not a wolf.
1: Yeah, and if you just keep pushing those people out further and further and further, I I pray that these people, that their faith is so much bigger than what they've been taught in these um, religious leaders who are pushing them out. I, I pray that their faith is bigger than that, but I don't blame them if it's not. I don't blame them if they do walk away from God completely. I believe that they'll eventually come back to God, but the people that they're Walking away from the churches that they're walking away from, the things that they are questioning isn't because they have a problem. It's because they've been taught all of these wrong theologies. They've had bad leadership guiding them in the wrong direction. And I don't blame people for walking away from that and questioning their beliefs when you've been whole, when you have been, um, Grown up and religious mindsets instead of a freedom mindset.
0: Yeah. Well, and the truth is this instead of attacking someone to try to keep them in line based on a fear mentality that they're going to go astray, be an anchor point for someone. Because even if they've been taught everything right, even if this person, per- this imaginary person that we're like talking about here, like say, imaginary person is. Uh, grew up in this church that taught everything exactly right. And when we all get to heaven, Jesus was like, hey, that church over there that you grew up in, that you deconstructed away from, and like you deconstructed all those views, they were 100% correct in everything, which is not going to happen. Never. But say they are completely right in everything and they deconstruct everything, everyone's journey to find God. It can't be based on your parents' relationship. It can't be based on your church's relationship, your pastor's relationship, your friend's relationship, your spouse's relationship or your dog's relationship with God. It's gotta be based on your understanding of who he is. And so instead of attacking someone or trying to form them into a mold, the mold provided, give them that freedom to venture out, but be their lifeline, Mm -hmm. be their tether and give them something to anchor Two.
1: And offer offer prayer, but not in a condescending way of like, oh, the Christian gossip, I'll pray for them or bless, her, bless their heart, you know, mm-hmm. but actually pray with them and say, okay, like, why are you questioning? What are your questions? How can I help you with this? Do I need to give you scripture as an anchor? Do I need to give you some time alone to sit with God? Do I need to counsel you with these things? Or do I just need to let you go and do your own thing? all of that is acceptable. But when you start slandering people, when you start pushing people out and judging people and hating people, and oh, they went off on the deep end, that's not helping the cause. You are not actually caring about their soul. You're caring about you and your name and your church.
0: And the truth is most people who are deconstructing from something, they're not lost, they're looking. Yeah. They're looking to go deeper into God. They're questioning. And this is something that Elaine and I have talked about. and Matthew shared it on Facebook. It's like it's a common thing that's coming up. But it's people are praying for a new type of awakening. Mm-hmm. And people are waking up all over. And now all of a sudden they look at them as if they're backsliding, but they're actually waking up.
1: And the thing is, all these same people who are talking about spiritual waking and, and heaven coming down on earth and and the Jesus movement reincarnate and all this stuff – also talk about how it's not going to look like anything we've ever looked like before. And then these people who are questioning and deconstructing and finding out God for themselves, oh no, that's not it. That's Mm -hmm. exactly not what we're praying for, but it is.
0: Yeah. Revival isn't this outward thing this time around. It's an inward thing happening in every single person. And just to kind of wrap all this together, the biggest thing for those of us who are going through this is to A, remember when people are reacting, they're reacting out of those fear emotions. They're reacting out of maybe just a general, con- a genuine concern for your soul, but also a genuine concern for their faith because they're struggling with questions too. They've had questions too, and they've rested. They've come to a point of rest, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're comfortable where they landed. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is give them patience. If they're going through, if they, if they come to this belief and they need this belief, it may be damning to you, but it may be life-giving to them. Just for the opposite, how you want that, mutu- that mutual respect to, for the understanding that your your new philosophy or your new understanding or uh, uh, take on who God is may be different to them, and you want that mutual respect. Offer it to them. Remember who these people were in your life. It's okay to question. It. It's okay for them to attack you, but don't re- don't reciprocate. Just give them that room. I'm not saying don't try to explain, but I'm saying do it out of love. Do everything out of love. And then the third thing is just remember to ask. Ask those questions and be okay that you don't have the answers. I'm trying to be as okay as I can with not having all the answers, with not knowing every scriptural reference or understanding every theologian's theology out there because there's so many. And sometimes we just got to shut up. Sometimes we just got to ask God and say, God, I'm here with this question. And I'm just presenting it to you and I'm just going to sit with it. I'm just going to you know it's kind of like a, a fine pot of stew isn't made in an hour it's, it sits it simmers it it soaks up the flavor allow yourself the room to soak up the flavor of god on these questions and don't don't expect to have them all figured out and and don't try to have them all figured out to someone else what's the point in that what what good is it to have all the answers uh, to every single question because we're never going to mm. it's okay to look but don't don't take so much time looking for the answers to figure out uh, or to forget who answers the questions in the first place. Yeah. And so my final question that I would like to pose to anyone listening here is this, why do you feel like you need to be right? Or why do you feel like you need to have all the answers? And I think you already know the answer to that one, but just just allow that this isn't like an open question, I guess this is kind of like- uh, Rhetorical? Yeah, just a rhetorical question, but just kind of, and you can sit there and ask yourself, why do I feel like I need to have the answers to this? and allow God to work in that. Because I think the beauty in deconstruction and ultimately reconstruction, whatever that looks like, is understanding that God is bigger than your questions, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about them, quite the opposite. Guys, we're here for you. We are on your team. You are our tribe and we love every single one of you. We encourage you to head over to the link below. Click that link and head over to Nomads. And we want to hear your voice. We want to hear from you. It's a safe place. And you are welcome. You're welcome to come and to rest. Also, guys, we have an email list where you can get all kinds of exclusive content, behind the scenes stuff, extra content. Every single guest, you get extra pieces of content. You can find that over at TheRecklessPursuit.com forward slash subscribe. That's also in the show notes below. And as always, we love you guys. Be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll We'll talk talk soon.